I want to go back and share just briefly about the sermon last week because this is carrying on to this sermon in this today as well. Uh, if you plant okra seeds, you'll get okra. That's the title of the sermon today. Last Sunday, uh, the sermon title was, It's Time to Plant Turnip Greens. So if you were not here last week, it's time to plant turnip greens. This coming week will be a good week to do it. And uh, so I want to stay with that theme of the seed and the soil and remind you that last week we looked at the parable of the sower. Jesus came and sowed the seed. Reminds you that it is found in three of the Gospels, the parable of the sower. It's in Matthew 13 and Mark, the fourth chapter. And I preached from Luke, the eighth chapter. But Jesus told the parable, the story of nature, which is a prominent theme throughout the Bible to help us understand biblical truth. And, but I preached from Luke 8, and you can go back and read that, but Jesus tells the story of the fact that the sower came and scattered seed, and it fell on different types of ground. And we understand that the soil matters to till the ground and get it ready. And of course, the fourth type of soil, Jesus said, was good ground. And the seed went in the ground and it yielded a crop. It didn't go out to the wayside. It didn't, uh, didn't go in the rocks. Then the disciples asked Jesus to actually explain it. So he, he told the parable to him. So I, don't, I want you to get this if you weren't here last week because this is carrying over. Jesus explained to him that the seed is the Word of God. We get that. He very plainly said that the seed is the Word of God. And then he described four different types of dirt as compared to your heart. Of course, he said, you know, if it falls on the ground where they hear the Word and Satan comes and snatches it away, we have an enemy that doesn't, he doesn't want you to believe the seed. And then there's the rocks, there's the cares of the world. Jesus said, that happens to us. And, and I shared with you that I'm all four types of soil. Unfortunately, I go in and out of them, but my goal is to be the fourth one. The fourth type of dirt, the good dirt, Jesus said, is the one who hears the Word and it multiplies. There's a great harvest. Great fruit comes from it because they receive the Word with humility. They repent and they get the heart ready. And so you and I have responsibility to make sure that the dirt in your heart is ready to receive the Word. And so through prayer and through discipleship, we get the ground fertile to receive what the seed is. So make no mistake about it, Jesus explained it three different times in three different Gospels that the seed is the Word of God. Last week, I'm always encouraged, you know, Tyler and I, we spend time and prepare, we preach, and we hope somebody gets something out of it. So sure enough, last week, I preached on it's time to plant turnip greens, and I went into my office. And it's about 12.30 or so. I'm getting ready to leave. I look at my phone. I've got a text message. It's from a member of our church, George Hightower. He said, Harvey, I just want you to know that your sermon inspired me. I'm in Cracker Barrel right now eating turnip greens. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody got something. Mike Witherspoon, Sheila, they did the same thing. I got this word on Monday that they had gone to beans and greens out in ball play and got turnip greens. So, Today is about okra, so y'all go eat wherever you want to. You don't have to text me, but we're going to talk about okra a little bit, this, this planting of the seed, the seed in the soil. So I want to continue that imagery about planting the seed of God's Word into the human soil. I want to start off by looking at Galatians. It's another place that gives us an illustration about sowing, that it matters what you sow and where you sow and what you sow you'll reap. So this is in Galatians 6, verses 7 and 9. It should be up on the screen. Holy Spirit said, Do not be deceived. 
God is not mocked. For whatever a man or a woman sows, that is what they will also reap. For he or she who sows to his or her flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Flesh there just means the things of the world, our secular world. And we sow to that, and that's what we're going to get. But he or she who sows to the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, will of the Holy Spirit reap everlasting life. And then he adds in verse 9, And and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. So keep planting the seed correctly with the Spirit of God into that good soil. When I got saved at 11, my mom and dad uh, gave me a living Bible. And I still have that living Bible in my office. I have it underlined. And, and I went back, and I want to read it. It's a bill on the screen as well, Galatians 6, out of the living Bible. It just puts it a little more simple so that I, at 12 years old, I could understand. So verse 7 says, don't be misled. Remember that you can't ignore God and get away with it. A man will always reap just the kind of crop he or she sows. If he sows to please his own wrong desires... Because that can happen. If he or she sows to please his own wrong desires, he will. He will be planting seeds of evil. And he will surely reap a harvest of spiritual decay and death. But if he plants the good things of the Spirit, he will reap everlasting life that the Holy Spirit gives him. And let us not get tired of doing what's right. For after a while, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. So don't get discouraged and don't give up. Keep planting the seed by the way of the Spirit. We ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand what the seed has to say. If you and I plant okra seeds, you're going to get okra. We know that in nature. Now, y'all don't tell Peggy Casey what I'm about to tell you, but Peggy Casey is married to Ken Casey, former pastor. My dad has some special okra. Some of you have eaten it and gotten the seeds. And Peggy, about a month ago, said, Hey, I want some of those seeds so I'll be ready for next spring. And I want to plant some of that okra that your dad has. It was handed down from my great-uncle Milford. We call it Milford's Red. We're going to name it. and It stayed true now for about 60 years. It's a mixture of two different kinds of okra. It's called Milford's Red. She wanted some okra seed. I gave her a jar full of seeds. But I didn't give her okra seed. I gave her cucumber seeds. Don't tell them. Y'all know I'm kidding. I didn't. I really, I'll, it'll be a miracle if, if cucumber seeds do come up next year. I gave her okra seed. But you know if I did switch it and I put cucumber seeds and she planted them, what had come up? Cucumbers, if she plants cucumber seeds. Lana reminded me in between services, I'd forgotten about this. Years ago, when the kids were little, we had a pretty good garden, and uh, Lana wanted to plant a whole bunch of cucumbers. So she went down to an old feed and seed store. Well, they accidentally had put zucchini seeds, which looked very similar. This is a true story. I'm not making this one up. They put zucchini seeds in the cucumber bin. So she thought she was planting cucumbers, but she planted zucchini, and guess what? We had a lot of zucchini. Because you plant zucchini seeds, you're going to get zucchini. We understand this, but the Bible is telling us this too. A deep spiritual truth that it matters what you sow. That you'll reap back that. And so God's wanting us to plant this seed. 
Because it matters. You'll, you'll get spiritual food from this. And I want to go a little bit deeper. We're still talking about seed time and harvest. We're still talking about the seed and the soil. But I want to go to John, the first chapter. And I want you to hear something that is deep theologically. So I'm going to read it slowly. Then I'm going to go back and read it in a different way. Because I want you to receive this. This is in John, the first chapter, verses 1 through 5 and then 10 through 14. In the beginning was the Word. It's capital W-O-R-D in your Bible. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now I'm going to drop on down to verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through Him. And the world did not know Him. He came to His own. Jesus came to the people of Israel. And His own did not receive Him. But as many as received Him, To them He gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now verse 14. And the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. That's deep stuff. For our finite minds to wrap around all of that. And we come in faith and receive His Word. A few Wednesday mornings ago on a Bible study, I had read that passage, especially the first part, and Collins Tackerberry asked me a simple question, but a very important one. He said, Harvey, go back and help me understand that. Read that again about the Word. was. I don't, I don't fully get that. And I told Collins, and I'm sharing this with you, that it, helps me to go back and put Jesus' name in there wherever you see the word word because it's Him. So hear it again, portions of it. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God. And the word Jesus was God. He, Jesus, it's all talking about Him. Jesus was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Jesus. Without Jesus, nothing that was made was made. And then, I want to go down and, and read that last verse in verse 14. Christmas is right around the corner. It's not too far away. I hope it gets a little cooler. But you're going to be reading and we'll be telling the story pretty soon and Advent about Matthew and Luke and they tell the story of the manger scene and baby Jesus and the nativity and the angels and the shepherds and the story. They kind of tell the whole story in that way. But John tells us the Christmas story in one verse. And this is the verse. John 1, 14. And the Word, let's put Jesus there. And Jesus became flesh and He dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. It 
helps me to understand if I put the name Jesus there. And again, that even makes it deeper theologically for me to understand that Jesus is the Word, and the Word has always been present. And even all the way back in Genesis, when God said, let there be light, He spoke a Word. Jesus did. He's always been from the beginning, and I know our minds have to go back there. But He is the Word of God. He is the one who created all things. The Holy Spirit tells us here in the Gospel of John that Jesus is the creative Word of God. That He is actually responsible for all that we see around us. And the Word who becomes flesh and lives amongst us comes from before the beginning. The Word of God has been around for a while. It's just in time it was revealed to us in different dispensations of time. We're bound by time, but now we have the Word. So that when you read the Word of God, you read Jesus and you hear Jesus. In this passage, we're given deep insight into the fact that this word, the Greek word means logos in the Greek. Logos. It tells us that the logos, the word, is the ultimate disclosure. It's the ultimate revelation of God to humanity. This divine word which is God, was incarnate. In other words, enfleshed in a human person and took up residence among His people in a personal way. Stay with me. When you plant the seed, which is the Word of God, you plant Logos. You plant Jesus. When you and I reject the truth of Holy Scripture, we reject Jesus. The Word was God. The Word was with God from the beginning. And in Him all things were created. The Logos is God's Word and we take it in and we receive it. That's why when Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away, but My words will by no means pass away. You'll always have this. That's why... And I've, lately I've been quoting in my prayer life both the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm. My son-in-law challenged me with that. And so I've, I've, I've been repeating the 23rd Psalm. And y'all, I've used the 23rd Psalm at every funeral I've probably ever preached at. And you've read it a hundred times. I wonder how many times in here, if we could count it up, all of us have either read or heard the 23rd Psalm. It'd be, in the, I think, in probably the thousands upon thousands upon thousands. But what is it about that every time you repeat it again and you hear it again, it speaks to you? Have you noticed that? You can read a passage over and over again, but someday you're struggling with something and you read it and it reads you. It's because it's living. Word is Jesus. And Jesus said, your heart needs to be fertile. You need to have ground to receive the seed because the seed is the Word of God. And it can produce within you a harvest of righteousness and everlasting life. It's the Word of God. And I want to remind you as we're having Holy Communion, I'm going to go one level deeper. The Word became flesh, so the body and the blood of Christ are about to be given to you. You're going to come and receive Communion. This morning, I know that we traditionally read uh, the liturgy found on page 12 and page 13. 
If you want to read it during communion, you can, but Tyler and I are not going to read that responsive reading this morning. But if you want to go to page 12 and 13 while people are taking communion, you can follow along in that liturgy. But we're not going to repeat it this morning. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to read a scripture to you, and I'm going to let Jesus give you this invitation. It's in John the 6th chapter. John the 6th chapter. I'm going to paraphrase part of it, but you can go ahead and this afternoon, it'll take you about five minutes. You can read John, the sixth chapter. But it's the one where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The disciples and others were standing around listening to Him, and, and Jesus began to talk about His own flesh, His own blood. Remember, that's the one where He said, unless you eat my flesh, unless you drink my blood, you will have no part with me. Some of them were a little freaked out about that. Standing around and like, who, who does he think he is? What is he saying? We eat his flesh and drink his blood. So Jesus turns around. If you remember, and if you go and read in John the sixth chapter, some of them just they just walked away. The Bible says that some who were disciples turned and walked away because this was a hard saying. They couldn't receive this. Who does he think he is? And so they walk away, and then Jesus turns around and, and he looks at the twelve. He looks at the twelve. He said, you want to walk away also? Thank the Lord for Simon Peter. Simon Peter said, Lord, who else are we going to turn to? Who are we going to go to? We've come to know that you are the Son of the living God, and in you are the words of life. You see, it's important that we receive and understand that God had to come in the flesh. You and I are living in a world that's very religious and has many other religions all over the world, but we're separated by this one fact. There are others, but this one is way up there. In 1 John, the fourth chapter, 1 John 4, it describes that those who do not believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh are the Antichrist. Islamic faith may have some good things in it. It does. Some people receive it. In the Islamic faith, they'll tell you that Jesus, He was a good guy. And they'll even go on to say that he was a prophet. But they draw the line here. They will not say that Jesus was God and that he came in the flesh. But that is the incarnation of God. That's why we make such a big deal out of Christmas. It's because the Word became flesh and he dwelt among us. And so Jesus makes this dramatic statement in John 6 and I want to read part of the verses. I read them earlier in the words of grace, but here's some more that Jesus said. John 6, 53 and 56. And this is the invitation this morning for communion. So Jesus said it again. He said, With all the earnestness that I possess, I tell you this, that unless you eat the flesh of the Messiah and drink His blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But everyone, or anyone, but anyone who does not eat my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life. Those who do. I said it wrong in the early service. I thought I'd say it wrong in this one too. But if anyone who does eat my flesh and drink my blood does have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Again, Jesus is giving us an invitation to His table. For my flesh is the true food. And my blood is the true drink. Everyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood 
is in me. And I am in him. That's deep. The word became flesh. And he dwelt among us. Taking communion helps get the dirt in your heart ready to receive who he is. You see, some of them said, he's crazy. We're not going to believe that. And did he literally mean that you've got to eat his flesh and, and drink his blood? Because I know there's grape juice here and there's crackers. No, but he did literally mean. He literally meant you have to accept him for the atonement of your sins. You have to accept that. So we literally believe that He gave His life on the cross and His blood was shed for me. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Plant the seed. Communion is a way to get our hearts fertile to receive the truth, to come and honor Jesus Christ. If you're not saved today, I don't know of a better day that the Holy Spirit spoke in you and you realize, you know, I don't really know if I'm a child of God. I don't, I've never really believed in Jesus Christ. But I understand now, I must accept Him for who He is, the eternal Son of God. I hope that you'll make, make that real today as you come to communion.